as he stares at my little bishop in a turtleneck. <laughs> oh my god! seen that with Brie, Megan, Sista, and Princess Tegan Wu. We're three friends and a pup popping movie cherries and falling down fandom rabbit holes with comical social commentary. Each movie we watch and review at least one of us has never seen while the others sass, snack, squeal, and snuggle Tegan. Hey guys this is editing Megan here. Welcome back to Wait You Haven't Seen That the podcast. I just wanted to give a brief intro to the film we're covering today as we didn't really cover it in our podcast. So today we watched Hedwig and the Angry Inch. Hedwig and the Angry Inch is a 2001 American musical comedy drama film written for the screen and directed by John Cameron Mitchell. Based on Mitchell's and Stephen Trask's stage musical Hedwig and the Angry Inch, it accompanies Hedwig Robinson, a transgender East German singer of a fictional rock band. Hedwig subsequently develops a relationship with a younger man, Tommy, becoming his mentor and musical collaborator, only to have Tommy steal her music and move on without her. The film follows Hedwig and her backing band as they shadow Tommy's tour while exploring Hedwig's complex past and gender identity. Mitchell reprises his role as Hedwig from the original production. Hope you guys enjoy! Megan and I are on the other side of the table today. It's weird, you guys. <laughs> it feels really great for me. It's, yeah, although I, there was a meme that I encountered in, you know, the recent week or so, mm-hmm. where it said something about, you know, how, like, people want you to, like, listen to their favorite things, like, yeah. their favorite music or whatever, but then, like, they put it on for you, and you have, you know, like, they're just, like, looking at you and, like, yes. rapt attention and, like, want, you know, like... What if you don't like it? So Tegan. I can you chill? Thanks. <laughs> Your opinion is valid, but we're not taking it right now. Yeah, it's just, we're not trying to hear it. Okay. <laughs> um, and so I felt a little like that, and yeah. there was like a real fear of like, oh shit, what if they don't fucking like this? <laughs> that fear was unfounded, you guys, unfounded <laughs> because I. Yeah. Spoiler alert: we loved it. Yeah. <laughs> Hedwig and oh, the Angry yeah. Inch. Yes. Um, and this was Bree's uh, first choice of movie that she loves and adores that Megan and both Megan and I had not seen before. And did you have any like point of reference for it before we watched it today? I've never seen it before. I've literally only ever heard it mentioned in reference to musicals before. Yeah. I had no idea the content of it though at all at all totally i like had through like a youtuber that i watched years ago like he played one of the characters in the like recent broadway deal Mm -hmm. and so like i was just like oh i don't know like that was my one thing i was like oh like it's rock and roll and like there's so there seems to be some you know gender bending happening cool like but no i had like no concept of the story or like the meaning behind the title yeah 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 that was a surprise totally i mean when i hear hedwig i think (laughs) think snowy owl harry potter 100 percent. yeah yeah and i was like uh, yeah anyway anyway so we really came in like yeah yeah no idea no Mm -hmm. idea so wait, Brie, what is your, like, genesis with this film? Yeah. Like, yeah. What's so I had actually, I had a friend in high school who, like, we had a band together, and 
Spoiler alert, Brie used to be in bands, yeah. as did Megan. With <laughs> this, like, you. one girl, she was the only common element, Heather Hawkins, Hawk Kittens, I think on Instagram now, um, she, like, tried to get me to watch it, like, when it came out. And, like, we had kind of, like, a different dynamic, and, I, you know, I was just, like, not in that headspace at the time, like, in 2001 when it came out. Right. Um... She was a filmmaker, though, and so, like, she had a really good eye for that kind of thing, and so, anyways, I didn't watch it. I mean, I watched it, but, like, I think I fell asleep or something, which seems to me now, I'm like, how could you How? Yeah, yeah, exactly. I was, like, on the edge of my seat, like. I know, I was, too. It, was... it was, like, a really different time, you know, and I had yeah. zero perspective, you mm-hmm. know, like, I was still in high school, and I, you know, it was just. Right. It was a little over your head. Yeah, I had yeah. not, like, yeah. That's so. Great. Then I was living in Boulder, and I watched it with my stepbrother, Court, and our roommate, Kelsey, and they had both seen it before, I think. I know Court, Court had seen it on, like, the stage production of it. Oh, okay. Um, and so we watched it, and then I was like, whoa, and then, like, I wasn't out yet, mm-hmm. um, and then, like, once I was out, it was, like, just became, like, a cornerstone of my life. Nice. And were, was that college? Yeah. yeah. Was, what time period was that? Okay. Uh, so that was like 25th, no, 2005. Like okay. 2005 mm-hmm. heading into 2006. 2006. 2006. 2006. Jesus. Ooh, it's been a minute. Um, yeah. And like, I keep wanting to say 10, like it's... <laughs> <laughs> and it, so it just like celebrated 20 years of, oh, wow. you know, it yeah. came out in 2001. Wow. Nice. Yeah. Um, Great. so what are your, I'm like dying to know, tell me all the things. Yeah, I have a lot of thoughts. I'm going to try and organize myself here. Um, I do have some like kind of going through as we watch. So if we want to like delve into this through some like key moments, maybe yeah, that, that will that help sounds, break it down a little that bit. That sounds easier. good. Let's okay. do that. Let's do that. Um, so what do you think Hedwig's house is? Ooh. Her, her Ooh. Harry Potter house. <laughs> Hogwarts house. Hogwarts, Hogwarts house. house. Let's see. Hed- Hedvig is, I would say a Gryffindor, but I don't know. That's my Ooh. perception of that. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Well, because, like, she's willing to get on, I mean, she is. She's sure shit not a Hufflepuff. No. Let's put it that way. No. Like, there no. ain't no way. No, she's she's a performer, right? And I think of performers in in general. I don't know. And that's a very generalization of Gryffindor's building. I think of somebody who's willing to be kind of fearless in that way and put it all on the line. Um, That that to me says... The people who are uh, willing to go first, the Mm -hmm. people who are willing to jump into unknown, the people who are willing to be different, like, without really... They don't hum and haw over it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's where she's definitely. She's some Slytherin components yeah, also. That's definitely. I mean, I just is like hard Slither. Yeah. I mean, but the thing is, she like gets caught up, like, like she wants like fame and stuff, but then she also has this like part of her that really wants connection, which mm-hmm. kind of like keeps me from. Sorry, other Slytherins out there. I also am like totally a partial Slytherin, but I'm just saying that, you know, like, she definitely will, I don't know. We're not Slytherin haters on no, this No, pod. no, not at all. Just <laughs> to clarify. Slytherin princess sitting on the couch with us. We sure we do. do. He has... Tegan is full Slytherin. Yeah. Full, fully and completely, and currently in sequins and, like, pink and black zebra print. Yeah, um, that's what we felt was... But yeah. I, had I, I see her, like, collaboration and... Yeah. I don't know, like, I do think there's a willingness to work with other people, and yeah, she, like, does shit on some people sometimes in order to promote herself, but, like, I do think that, I think that she wants that connection, too, and so yeah. I think of that as a Gryffindor trait. Totally. Interesting. Totally. I mean, um, as are most people, we're mixed. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, that kind of, something I hadn't really thought about in depth, you know, all the times that I've seen this, um like the cycle of Hedwig where put in very compromising situations constantly where people are taking something from her mm-hmm. she's yeah. having to compromise give up you know that classic line from her mom in order to like 
to be free, you have to give something up. Yeah. God, Jesus. Brutal. I, yeah. Some of the, I feel like we should talk about the ideologies of this for sure, because that was a lot of what I took away. Totally. Well, and let's go right there. Yeah. Well, yeah. and also this like very clear, um, kind of like viewing the world from this perspective of like, there's just this like changing of hands and turning over like a cycle I think is a really good way to put that of mm-hmm. like power dynamic and like yeah. how does that I don't know and just you know cause like Hedwig is also there are points where like she's so mean so mean <laughs> also true but it's also like is if that like a learned instinctual right oh totally I mean it's completely of like if you live in a world where like that's how people treat you then you know and right, then that's then that's like part of your world person. then that's yeah exactly like yeah. She, yeah i don't know i just can't get over like how how much of like the cuz she is not at all a reliable narrator i said this while we were watching it too <laughs> like everything has this like slight tinge of like surreal fantastical um you know, she's a little bit of an exaggerator, like, the truth is in there, but, like, it all has this, like, layer of glitter with it a little bit, you know, Mm -hmm. and I don't know, just, like, this very much, like, it, she, but she's also, like, such a well-fleshed-out character, like, Uh her, like, her responses and her... It feels very genuine. Yes! And very authentic. Exactly! Like, how can we... I mean, she's, like, larger than life, but, like, at the same time so grounded, and, like, Mm -hmm. I don't know about you about you guys, but I have known real people that, like, are that kind of, like, larger than life, you know, they have that, like, je ne sais quoi thing, where, Mm -hmm. like, everyone pays attention to, you know, like, just, there are some people in the world who, like, kind of carry that energy, Mm -hmm. and, yeah, she was, like, a very, very accurate, like, depiction of kind of what that looks like without it being at the same time it was like the fantastical parts kind of like fed into that aura kind of yeah anyway yeah definitely Uh, if I was looking at this from from a mental health perspective (laughs) which I do a little bit I look at that I I was about to say you mean always yeah I look through that lens a lot um but yeah, this speaks to like several different personality disorders, I will oh, say. God. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry about say it. Say about it. But like, you know, narcissistic personality disorder, I think is something that for me it kind of came up a little bit, but mostly hedonistic personality disorder, which, you know, is like that glamorization and like self-promoting and, and that mm-hmm. kind of um, ideology playing throughout. Not that I think that that was the case. It just like had remnants of that for me. For sure. I would not classify her with a personality disorder, <laughs> but but just just noting, just like little inklings, just little snippets of it huh. here and there, you yeah. know. So, okay. what did you guys think of the different relationships that she had? So, like you know, yeah. starting with her her father, right? Her mother, that right. Yeah. Oh my god! So yeah, we, that was fucked. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. I was like. Oh, also just, like, there's so much exposition in this movie. Right. But at no point does it feel, like, they just do it really, really well. I like, know. But part of that is because we're, like, we're listening to this, like, very fantastical narrative. Yeah, totally. Slash, like, the illustrations. Oh, yeah. I don't know, from just, like, a, I don't know, just, like, a storytelling, like, film storytelling standpoint, I'm like, goddamn, guys, like, yeah. look what you did. Yeah, there's a lot of things going Yeah, on. yeah, childhood. Not great, y'all. Mm-hmm. Not great. Yeah. The, the toilet paper sketchbook. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. And I, yeah, just to, to get back to relationships a little bit, yeah, I think it's, it is interesting, like, how things kind of worked towards this end purpose. Um, but I do think it's interesting, you know, having the, the father and the abusive childhood and then that we end up, and I know that you're worried about this, Brie, and I'm going to go there. Yep. I'm just going to do it. But, well, let's do so, it. you know, 17-year-old boy, Tommy, right, mm-hmm. um, at the end. And I do think that, I think he, he turns 18 pretty quick, but... But clearly he is not, like... Clearly they were involved already, though. You and know? also, well, clearly, like, emo- like, emotionally speaking, he's not mature at all. No. Right? Mm-mm. Which is actually, like, when it comes down to, like, age of consent and all that kind of stuff and mm-hmm. kind of, you know, that perspective of, like, age is just a number or whatever, it's, like, there is this component of, like, human experience that, like, emotionally and, like, mentally, like, 
there are stages of maturity. <laughs> yeah, I agree with that. You know, and that, like, in uh, romantic and or sexual relationships, like, that's one of the, like, actual cornerstones that needs to be, like, even footing for it to be a, like, healthy, functional situation. Although it's clear that for Hedwig, um, like, an outsider's perspective of, like, healthy and functioning is not at all what she's trying to do. Yeah. Or or has any scope of. Exactly. Exactly. That, like, that's not what this story is about. That's, it's not some, like, redemption arc for, like, you know... I don't know. Mm-mm. It's not Someone about healing. To muddle their fucking way yeah, through the exactly. like hand they've been dealt. Yeah, totally. For a number of different reasons. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. But so Absolutely. okay. I mean, at the point that she and she does specify that she's like babysitting for the baby, not for Tommy, right? Because he's right. seventeen, obviously. So she mm-hmm. was babysitting. At, she's twenty six at that point. <laughs> Can you, I just wanted you guys to think about being twenty six and like me. Like meeting a seventeen-year-old and like, then giving them a hand job immediately. Sorry, I well, just no, want to throw. But I'm just saying there. that, like, can you? No, 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 no. I mean, it's just like, oh gosh, yeah. That's why it's. But also, like, clearly, Hedwig, for a number of other reasons, because he's like always like it's always this like power dynamic where like someone has. And I was even starts say, at the beginning she, yeah. with her mom telling her about like how. You know, power corrupts absolutely, and thus it's better to just be powerless. Right. Whoa! Is that, like, not at all a perspective I've ever come to from that phrase of, like, power, you know, power corrupts and absolute power corrupts absolutely. I was like, oh, girl, that... It was an an interesting thought, to be honest, because I've also Mm -hmm. never thought of that idiom in that way, but, man, it's very interesting. I feel like this film does a really great job at turning a lot of that stuff on its head mm-hmm. um and I think there's some really interesting cinematic choices that that literally directly do that with some of the shots um anyway I just <laughs> Hedwig also did the I shots, love it you know? yeah exactly. <laughs> I just love I love this movie for many many reasons um but yeah I thought the direction was amazing and the the artistic choices that just really gelled well with um with what the movie was trying to capture i think with uh you know the beliefs that it perpetuates with the storytelling arc i think everything just goes really really well together mm-hmm. sorry that was like a kind of side tangent <laughs> no it's so true it was such a well-made film it was like yeah yeah you and i both at that that part where she and Tommy are mm-hmm. like he's trying to muddle his way through this music and she puts the like the cross, cross on his forehead, his forehead mm-hmm. and pulls the mirror up and it's so clearly like so like a, such a conscious choice like mm-hmm. to get that shot of like half of his face and half of hers and we've been having this imagery of kind of like the halves of faces coming together mm-hmm. with right in the animation and then also how like yeah. she sees herself in him and like right. he wants like some of what she is I don't and know it's, the, it's yeah. that concept the origin of love mm-hmm. right like that keeps coming back as well totally. and then at the very end having her take on Tommy's persona basically yes. when she's performing yeah I was like full circle or, like the piece <laughs> that she you know like create yeah. him into you yeah know, that's like, exactly right any, you know yeah. Like, yeah it's a very yeah unique. totally and all the biblical symbolism i can't even begin to unpack all of that but yeah so many things i don't know if i'm up for that totally but uh, <laughs> yeah. that's fair well for a, a like because a lot of the subject matter it revolves around um like gender binaries mm-hmm. and kind of like obviously um there are folks who like fit outside of a binary because humans are not you know just you know one or the other and so like this takes that head on and so much of like the dogma around like uh gender expectation or just like our current like concept in like we're in the united states guys spoiler alert like um about like gender roles and like conforming and all that kind of stuff and i don't know it's just interesting to watch it right now and how like yeah a lot of that comes from like a christian dogma kind of situation Mm -hmm. and like how I don't know like of course (laughs) of course Tommy like is one of like the cool Christian kids like you know like yeah Yeah, 100% (laughs) do you know what I mean like 
I think yeah. that there's there's bigger meaning though too because not only are Adam and Eve mentioned a lot, but like the Egyptian gods are mentioned, Osiris mm-hmm. is mentioned, like Hedwig is also like a saint, right, or something like that. Um, and yeah, there's just like there's a whole lot of other things happening. I think deities in general are mentioned quite a bit throughout the narrative arc. Um, but yeah, and well, yeah, and just yeah. like how those like like these. Um, of like cultural like accepted like mythos kind of like Mm -hmm. influences how we view the world but then also like Hedwig as a character kind of creates her own myth yeah and you know like this own persona which also speaks to to like that's what happens sometimes in like I don't know this like connect like this relationship between like like performance is so much a big part of like how she operates in the world right but it's also like the performance like allows her to be her true self at the same time like, yeah which is a very yes uh, it that is. feels real like that again this movie was like an emotional roller coaster <laughs> it really it like, really was yeah but yeah. like also super fabulous and fun and yes like, <laughs> yeah i mean it's, it's pretty it's pretty layered the comedy throughout right mm-hmm. the lines i mean fucking great amazing fucking great. amazing I, like, wrote down some of them, I think, but, uh... What were some of your favorites? Do you have some? Oh, gosh. Um, oh, Bishop in a Turtleneck? Yeah. I wrote that one down. <laughs> that Wait, was a great time. The animation for that is just right. forever yeah. burned into my mind. Right? It's yeah. like this little prop that someone made. Someone <laughs> hot glued that. Yeah. Like, that's amazing. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Tommy's saying that Eve just wanted to know yeah. shit. I wrote that one down, yeah, too. <laughs> I mean, there were so many others. I mean, just... What do you guys think about Tommy as a character? Mm. He, yeah, he's interesting. I don't know. I feel like he is a, a lost little boy kind of situation. And I think Hedwig took on, you know, molding him. And, I mean, the, you know, the rock lesson education, kind of that whole <laughs> that whole scene and... Uh, that playing out was really interesting. Um, and then just Hedwig, I think, helping Tommy come into his own identity. But throughout, throughout though, Tommy is never comfortable with himself, and it's very, very clear. You know, I mean, he's... Even cool. as a rock star now, he's not comfortable. No, right? right? Like, he, he just, he cannot ever get over that Hedwig is transgender gender, and, like, will continue to focus on that and not see the person and just see the parts, essentially, and that's Which, kind of And for him, too, it fucked. seems to be... Yeah, and it seems to be for him, it's more like, what does me being attracted to you say about exactly, me? Exactly, exactly. Like, it's more about himself than it is yes, about the relationship. Completely self-referencing. Totally. Even though he's been... His identity, as he knows it, has been completely constructed by... You know, presumably the love of his life that he can't ever yeah that he can't to. own or admit totally yeah. and he has created this like internal tragedy of that he like can't really connect with you know his possible you know like spiritual other half mm-hmm. purely because like he has like really deep-seated like internalized like i mean there's a lot of reasons uh, you know misogyny homophobia like all that kind of stuff but it's like and at the end, too, which is another, like, interesting, like, power dynamic idea of how, like, yeah, initially, it's this, like, age difference that is, like, oof, guys. Mm-mm. Yeah. But then it's in the end, difference. right, it's a, exactly, which is, yeah, that's, like, an, that's, like, a, that is not a healthy, like, power dynamic to have in a sexual romantic relationship. Yeah. But then, in the end, he's the one who, you know, easily became famous and successful in, like, the world that she introduced him to because, you know, trans individuals, like, are not, like, you know, are totally not seen as, you know, especially at that period of time, like, totally as, like, you know, like, he he just gets to, like, ride on his little, like, he's a cute, like, white boy who just, like, gets to, like, rise up the ranks, even though he doesn't, he, he still doesn't, like, fully connect with necessarily the music that he makes because he's just like kind of uh taking uh Hedwig's you know like yeah. he's not the artist 
Right. Yeah, no, yeah. he's like the periphery talent. Like yeah. he, right. yeah, he's the right. manufactured talent. Exactly. He yeah. still doesn't have his own voice. He still doesn't have because, mm-hmm. like, that's that's the beauty of Hedwig. I think is that she has come into our di- her identity so purely and like has just accepted herself for what she is and will continue to just. Be- that's why it's so authentic. I mm-hmm. think is because she is like everyone else be damned, I'm gonna do this, and yeah, it took a long time, and it took struggles and hardship, and, like, no, it wasn't an easy process, and it was a lot of shit, and... It continues to be difficult. And it continues, yeah, yeah. absolutely, but that's real life, right? Like, that's the struggle of figuring out who the fuck you are, and, like, understanding your place in the world, and especially coming to terms with, like, your identity, your ideologies, your values, your belief systems, like, those are really huge and important things and shouldn't be bastardized. Totally. Totally. Well, and then you kind of think about that getting a sex change wasn't really, like, her idea. No. no. So, like, her maybe wasn't. she doesn't really want to be a her. Right. Or just that, like, she, again, right, there's, maybe especially she from to be this a drag queen, but not, like, a, you know, transgender right. woman. Like, I don't know. Yeah. Gay, and then Right, sex change so that she could leave Germany to be with this guy exactly she loved him but like right that you know the sex change was her mom and Luther's idea yeah that's totally. absolutely right yeah totally or also just like that you know clearly Hedwig exists in a space where like for her like what was the phrase that she used um with the in the hood in the I don't know what do you the dick what? Oh, the uh, little bishop in a turtleneck. The bishop in a turtleneck. Right, like, like she was not, like, denying, right, this part of herself. Like, you know, who knows, like, what, how she would have, like, I don't know. But again, she wasn't given that choice. Like, Mm -hmm. clearly it wasn't for her, like, that, that wasn't an obstacle in her way. This was, like, an obstacle placed in front of her that she, like okay, I guess we're going to get this together so I can get out of here. Right. right. And then the wall came down, and it was just like, oh, Jesus Christ. Yeah, so that brings me to, like, what did you think of Luther leaving? Oh, fuck you, Luther. God damn it. I mean, I can't. Yeah, Luther's a giant asshole. Um, (laughs) I thought it was interesting, though, just mentioning this part of the story, the Berlin Wall coming down. That made me think of um, the symbolism that was kind of present in that, and I feel like the binary gender mm-hmm. and the Berlin Wall coming down, I think, was not a coincidence. I think totally, that those yeah. those things were made to mirror each other, and that there's this, like, gray portion of what gender identity is, right? It's not always, you know, that you're a biological woman or a biological man. Like, there are a lot of different things that you can be that make up gender as a social construct totally totally and gender identity like within the context of the construct that everyone has grown up in and like and how much of gender too is like right there's like gender identity and then there's gender gender performance i mean like yes and for hedwig clearly like gender performance is a huge part of like how she's made her way in the world yeah well and then like the sex you know having to be a sex worker yeah. Mm-hmm. Which is, like, so often a part of, you know, like, trans individual stories. Mm-hmm. Like, um, right. yeah, kind of this, like, uh, because they're, like, being outside of the binary creates this, like, taboo component, and so others want to, like, uh, fetishize and, you know, like, True. exactly, yeah. like, but not really, like, you know, obviously see them as both complete complete human beings and so yeah I don't know it's really interesting to watch this right now like yeah it is it really is and to think that this is 20 years old yeah which is also very I mean speaks to how obviously like this human experience has been going on forever but of course because it's such a like marginalized part of our society Mm -hmm. that you know like we don't I don't know, the mainstream doesn't hear these stories generally. No, it's a part that we don't want to acknowledge and we w- would like to ignore, I think, Right, society. totally, totally. So, question. But yeah, fuck you, Luther. Like, <laughs> how? So how was this film received when it was released? Yeah, um, that's interesting. <laughs> Sorry, I was thinking that, I wrote it down. So, 
I mean, I have some, like, just number stats and what it made. Um, the budget for it was, like, estimated at $6 million. The box office was $3.6 million. It came out, um, I think on, where was that? No, that's when it, okay. The first actual production was 98. So, and I think this did come out, like, pretty shortly after 9-11, Mm -hmm. um, and so th there was some stuff in my research that mentioned, like, you know, it didn't do great, but it also, you know, I think kind of is like Tu Wong Fu, thanks for everything, Julie Newmar, in that way, where it created a cult following that, Clearly. like, is, you know, and it's yeah. just kind of one of those things. But um, New Line Cinemas was, like, the distribution yeah. of mm -hmm. it. Um, and I think, how I really think this was even possible to be made was when they started doing the Broadway shows, or the off-Broadway shows at the Jane Theater. Um, like, a lot of celebrities came, like, David Bowie got on board, and, like, there was, like, okay. tons of, like, big players that were like, yeah, this is great. Um, and then it got adapted gotcha. for mm -hmm. the screen. Um, and then went on in 2014 to become Broadway show with Neil Patrick Harris being Hedwig. Oh, nice. Yes. I like, I don't, I'm like, you know You're what? Like, I don't, I don't I'm not that. interested at all. I just, I'm like, there is no way that you could do what John Cameron Mitchell does in the movie. Yeah. And like, just the facial expressions and like the, the beats he hits. I don't, it's, I just can't. I mean, but that's the thing with, like, any character, any character, like, when someone else plays it, it's supposed to be it's a different interpretation. It's supposed to be different, yeah, totally. Yeah. It's, it's, it's can't not be interested in the interpretation. You only want that one interpretation? I, I do, because it's just, like, it's so good. And, like, the costume, you know, like, because I would just be looking for, I would yeah. just be looking for John Cameron Mitchell and all the costumes and, like, you know, I just... Right. Don't redo something that's already perfect. And so, I, did, I, so did John Cameron Mitchell, was he, he did the uh, initial, like, broad, or not Broadway, but the initial of the Broadway, Jane, yeah, yeah off-Broadway production? He did. He did. Okay. Yeah. So him and Stephen Trask, um, who was w one of the, the band, band, the, mates. like, um, dark-haired, like, lipstick with the little... Glitter lips. Yep, yeah, glitter yeah, yeah, lips. Yeah. There's like, a lot of glitter lips in this, actually, yeah. Yeah. <sighs> oh, that's so funny. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so he wrote the all the music for it, but also like contributed and collaborated on the overall story, which apparently I did read that he doesn't feel like he got the credit for. So Stephen Trask, hero, great job. Co <laughs> Thank <-op>. you. <laughs> Thank you. Um, so yeah, I don't know. It kind of like it just has a cult following. Point. Of course, and there. I mean, there's not a lot of great information about it at this point. And then John Cameron Mitchell does have an Instagram that he's pretty active on, mm -hmm. um, and I think he has reprised some version of it called "Origin of Love," and like it was touring it in Seoul. Mm -hmm. Okay. So I don't. I don't know. His like so tell descriptions me of the videos are hard to decipher. Tell me a little bit about. Uh, yeah, John Cameron Mitchell. What's um, his deal? What's his story? He, so, like, it's very loosely based on some of his life experiences. Like, his dad was an American GI, um, and they did live abroad at some point. He kind of, you know, like, grew up in New York City, though, and, and, like, was involved in the club scene, which was, like, Squeezebox was the alternative to, like, Limelight and Michael Alley that, like, party monster kind of thing. Uh -huh. yeah. Um so it was more of like the punk like drag queen scene that squeeze box mm -hmm. um from what I can gather again. And uh and like Steven Trask was is gay and like you know kind of had like this punk and rock <laughs> sensibility but like didn't identify in that in, like, the gay scene, didn't necessarily identify fully in the punk scene, like, because he was this hybrid, you know, mm -hmm. this, like, you know, Hedwig, yeah, like, like, this whole thing. So, um, 
he was the band leader at Squeezebox, and they did a lot of drag shows, and so when John Cameron Mitchell and Stephen Trask started working on this, like, conceptual idea for something, um, and John Cameron Mitchell has a big theater background, he did a lot of Broadway stuff, um, so, I mean, the musical theater is, like, very deep in his veins, <laughs> um, and... So they started workshopping some ideas, but, and like John wasn't really interested in doing drag, mm-hmm. but in order to play at Squeezebox, in order to like workshop this material, you know, it was right. a drag crowd. So they right. kind of had to fit into that binary. And then, um, and then it just really took off. It, it kind of fleshed out. Originally they had made Tommy the main character, but then found out like no one cares about just some white dude. <laughs> Um, and like shifted it to be Hedwig and then I did read some stuff about how there's I don't even know if it's a drag queen but somebody's like oh they stole my story but it's like it kind of just seems like someone looking for some attention because you're like it's I mean maybe derivative but like you're not a transsexual now nor were you ever right and like Mm -hmm. there was some like American GI thing I don't know okay I was kind of like whatever I I truly believe that, like, John Cameron Mitchell and Stephen Trask, like, pulled from experiences of, you know, like, people around them, but also, like, that is a creative work of art that they both, like, right. made happen, mm-hmm. right. breathed into existence. Without them, like, it would not be a thing. Right. Totally. And then, like, to be able to deliver the performance, I just, I think mm-hmm. their performance is so compelling. Yeah, I agree with that, for sure. It does very much have that, like, uh, I don't know, as do a lot of, like, I don't know, media that, like, takes on anything outside of, like, heteronormative and any gender bending. Like, it gains a cult following, because clearly there are people who are like, yes, like, finally, Finally. right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, And maybe the, like, it, it being reprised in a Broadway production is kind of a reflection of like the mainstream like shifting a little bit you know what I mean and I can appreciate the value of that um and like giving it giving that role to somebody like um uh Neil Patrick Patrick Harris all the three names (laughs) um you know has its place too I'm just like not all that interested in I I just he's Doogie Howser to me you know like (laughs) I'll never not see that and you know he's still just another white man although I mean so is John Cameron Mitchell but you know like it was his it was he his brought baby. it to life yeah. he breathed the life into that right and you said there were like multiple queer actors in this too that were playing queer roles which is nice I think that's a good yeah. thing yeah absolutely right? well Stephen Trask and John Cameron Mitchell uh-huh. I think is that it I think that, that well, I don't, so, um, confirmed that's it. Yeah. Miriam Shore played Yitzhak, um, the one with the rent t-shirt all the time. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and she, I don't know if she was, I don't know if she's queer or not. She might be. And Michael Pitt, I don't think he's queer. Hmm. He was Tommy Gnosis, Michael Pitt. Okay. And he's been in some other stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he looked kind of familiar to me. He did, but then I was just thinking, like, maybe he just had that, like, maybe look he's of, just like, a white dude, 90s, early 2000s. <laughs> yeah, that's in. so true. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, like, absolutely. Like, kind of baby-faced, like, that kind of, like, cute for that time mm-hmm. period a little bit. Yeah. His hair, too, like, the oh little, my God, like, I know. I like know. rolled together greasy, like, <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh my God. Like that, that was, was the this look. Was a period of time. That exactly. Was the look. That was the look. I remember that. Like about yeah. fuckboy. Yeah. 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 That was like exactly. the '90s fuckboy look. Yeah. What? I mean. Were you like really? He was like intuiting Billy Corgan. You I know, just that fucking. <laughs> and like, also, I don't know that kind of like leftover like grunge like flirting with goth kind of. You know, I don't know. Yeah. Just his whole vibe. I was like. You're just an amalgamation of, like, things you thought were cool. Right. Like, right. Which actually is the corner, like, that is his character, <laughs> I guess. Like, everybody's yeah. telling him how to be. He has, like, no singular identity to himself. No. Right. It's just 
of products. Yeah, he's definitely an amalgamation of a lot of shit, for yeah, sure. Yeah, totally. That's what it seemed like to me, at least. But yeah. Oh, I had a question also. Sorry. Um, yeah. Kind of a different side tangent, but gender reassignment surgeries back in the day. Do we have... Sorry, I'm like, I just... I'm gonna go there. Um, yeah. Do we... I should have done some more research on that. Right? Um, I'm like, I have no idea. I do know idea. that, like... Well, at that point in the 80s, I I don't think it was... I don't know. I don't know what they were doing in Europe, but right. I can't imagine. Obviously, because this guy botched it, like, it couldn't have been... Right. Um, but I do know, like, in the 90s, there was, and maybe still is, a guy in Trinidad, Colorado... Yeah. Mm-hmm. ...that, like, successfully did male to female. Female to male is still not... Mm-hmm. There's really, There's still... no great options. And I mean, like no great functional options. It's it, right, and it. I mean, again, guys, we are all we're all cis women here. So <laughs> sorry. <laughs> this is just right. This is just like info that we've received. We have not lived that experience. But mm-hmm. yeah, like I mean, it was dangerous. It used to, like you know, like in right. the eighties, and like yeah, like yeah. going to like because it was. I know that's why know. I'm asking the question about it because right. I feel like it's it's a topic that I think needs to be explored more. Absolutely. Right, um, because it's. I think that it's something that's shoved under the rug, a lot. You know, I think people sure. don't want to acknowledge it, that it's a thing that people, you know, number one want and seek out, and I think have every right to. But at the same time, is something that, you know, previously I think, you know, back in the eighties and things like that, could could go horribly wrong. Totally, but just still dealing with huge AIDS epidemics in the eighties. Absolutely, you know? like, right? I know. I was like, how is the AIDS epidemic? play into this as well because rent was continually mentioned and I was like that very like yeah always the t-shirt right I know and I I, yeah and I was like what else like was Rocky Horror Picture Show out yeah that came out in the 70s 70s. okay right so I was like what informed this film so I was thinking Rocky Horror Picture Show and rent for sure clearly (laughs) rent yes clearly rent that was mentioned many many times um, but well, and I think because I think Rent came out in like '96, yeah, and this came out in '98 in a fully formed. That's true. Uh-huh. So they were contemporaries for sure. Okay. And I mean, I think, and again, like New York, mm-hmm. it all kind of that was the hotbed for, sure. for it. So I'm sure they. Um, I don't know how much it referenced Rent in the original mm-hmm. like show production. Well, and I wonder too, right? Because like the the guys who put this together are not trans individuals, right. but clearly knew people who had had, like, that was part of their experience, and, like, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, that's been, I, I don't know, it's just this crazy thing where, like, this kind of, like, this danger, like, around <sighs> what's between your legs, like, mm-hmm. is a very real thing, like, yeah, for, and you know, particularly trans women, like, Mm -hmm. but also at the same time, like, yeah, even when it was, like, dangerous, and, like, whether or not the doctor was, like, reputable or whatever, like, you know, women still, like, wanted it that way, do you know, like, clearly, like, yeah, this is, like, I don't know, was a need and, like, necessary, and, like, because of it being, like, considered, like, so wrong, like, then it becomes, like, an unsafe situation, I guess. And, right, like, just, totally. like, you know, back alley abortions. It's just, right. You know, like, yeah. people, people find gonna, a way. Yeah. Pe- yeah. Yeah, they sure do. People I, find a way. I think it's interesting, too, that it's, it's literally called Hedwig and the Angry Inch, mm-hmm. and the fact that that's continually how, um, you know, the gender reassignment was referred to as this, like, angry inch. I don't know. I thought that was really interesting. I had no idea that was why the yeah, title was the title. that reveal was very... For both of us, we were like, ah! <laughs> yeah, it was a yeah. whole momentous thing. Totally. Well, and having been, like, rejected and spurned yeah, for that... Right? But then Hedwig makes it the fucking name of her band. Like... She definitely, yeah. God, like, I know, like, very... way to reclaim your fucking power. <laughs> yeah, Damn, like, girl. Well, and just like, yeah, Sorry. this is the <laughs> deal. Like, I love it. Yeah. yeah. This fucking happens to me. I'm not a victim. I'm gonna, like, fucking figure out how to hustle this thing. Right. I mean, she's like, yeah. just like, it's what I've got to work with. Yeah. Like, it's what I've got to I know. Work with. I loved that, was a great quote, too. I loved that yeah. description when she's talking to Tommy and he says, What is that? Referring to her genitalia. 
and she says it's what I have to work with and I was like yes that is exactly right I really liked that moment totally. I, I thought that line was very well done John Mitchell great execution I was like yes wonderful Absolutely. love it and also and her anger at him is like very understandable of like you know yeah if I like it's like this is me and like like this is just one small part of all the facets of my personhood totally you like all these other parts you're like totally like enamored and fascinated with the rest but like right. come on dude and throw me a fucking bit. yeah exactly and she's so frustrated with his like his personal weakness to like not get over that and I was like yeah god damn yeah <sighs> and especially after you know she's poured her heart and soul into this thing that she thinks they have together Totally, and she, like, Only to, like, helps him constantly and, yeah. like, shoulders all of his emotional labor, I guess. Like, I don't know. Oh, man. Yep. Yep. That yeah. was some bullshit. And, oh, God. Oh, the end. Sorry. Let's just go there. So, the end scene when, you know, he rolls up in that limo. And picks her up. Picks her up. When she's, when she's sex to become a sex worker. Yep. Yeah. And everything has hit rock bottom for her, essentially, at that point. And... Oh, God, I just, I literally wrote down Tommy and Hedwig's problematic relationship at that point, and I wrote Tommy the asshat, and <laughs> I just, like, for real, though. Tommy knows his asshat. Yeah. What a fucking dick, though. Like, that, that scene in the limo, also beautifully shot, I think, with, like, the mirrors, um, mm. like, the, I think there were, like, some reflective surfaces or something in there. Anyway, it was very, like, it almost reminded me of the scene at the end of The Graduate, um, you know, when you've got the two main characters looking at each other in the back of that the bus. bus. Yeah. Yeah, the bus scene, uh, which will be, you know, a iconic cinematic end scene forever in film, but, like, you don't know what to say to each other, right? It's this, like... There's too much to say and nothing to say at the same time. That's exactly right. Yeah. That's exactly right. Yeah. And, and it's just, it's so climactic, and I think... I don't know, like, I definitely have experienced those moments in my life before where it's like, I don't even know how to, like, move forward in this right. situation right. right now. Like, I what like, do you even so do? Because you're, like, all of the emotions are still there. And right. you're just, like, right at the surface, but, like, you're trying to protect your shit because you don't trust totally. this guy. Exactly. Exactly. But, like, you still all the love. But you still love. Yeah, uh, exactly. So and that then a scene was... Boy dilemma, man. Oh, yeah. Totally. Oh, and you oh. also, you want that, like, like that validation of like totally. no you know you fucked up and like, yeah of course like tell he me that knows. you know he knows he like gives her Get he throws that her a fucking little cd with a magic marker as that as if that could even be comparable to like right? atoning for all the shit and for fucking straight up plagiarism yeah exactly like, well, and and then when the cards, uh, you know, like when all the cards fall, like immediately he's like, I've never known her before. I didn't right. know that she wasn't a woman. Like, did, and it's just like, you're the you, same. If you had to say that, you fucking knew. Yeah. And well, the, the other piece too is just like, no, there's no redemption for you, Tommy. You, you fuck you, Tommy. Tiny little lost you boy. You fucked everything up. <laughs> period. Stop. And would be nowhere without head. That's exactly right. You would not exist. You would be Tommy fucking Speck jerking it in your parents' bathtub. That's, <laughs> yeah, right? Being like effectively jerking it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Being repressed as fuck and not knowing how to live Wearing your, your life. Wearing your god t-shirts. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. Oh. Gross. Anyway, so that was a We're long rant. We're Tommy. Yeah, we're <laughs> so sure I'm gonna do a little departure. I actually have a piece of the Berlin Wall. <gasps> what? Shit, girl! Okay, okay, guys. I need to say that Brie is all about the reveals with this film. <laughs> yeah. While we oh my god, yeah, it. yeah. Yeah, so we show up today, and Brie's, like, got on a, like, sparkly, like, kind of cozy-looking top, which is, like, pretty standard, and, like, velour pants, which is also pretty standard, actually, for those of you who know her, and those of you who don't, now you do. So, like... <laughs> You know, like, she's looking cute, she's looking comfy, that's how we roll when we, like, watch and record, mm -hmm. and we get to, like, halfway through the film, Yeah, the because film. Tommy Gnosis does not show up until halfway, halfway through. Halfway through, yeah, exactly. Like, and 
it's in it's only for like 30 seconds on screen maybe less maybe but like less. Hedwig Probably and five. Tommy yeah are like singing together in like a TCBY or something like I don't know where they are <laughs> yeah like, yeah and she had like she has on this like amazing just like gaudy black with like gold sequin magic all over it and, and like Brie, a, a butterfly yes yeah, butterfly Brie pulls off her sparkly like comfy top and is like I have this top too like she's she, like I have the matching top for that exactly like she does season I died for us. season I died for a while we had to I think we had to literally pause the movie and rewind we, we, did, we had to back up we were literally like missing like epic emotional reveals we couldn't stop oh it was gosh. It was amazing. Breeze all up the reveals. Okay, so now yeah, you're revealing reveals. that you have a piece so, of the Berlin Wall here. Sure Wait. So she, she, so hold on. So she busted this shit out of the cabinet while we were fucking recording. I yes. was like, what is she doing do over earlier. there? I was like, what is she doing over there? Number one. She Number two, I was yeah. like, what is this? What is this rock she brought back <laughs> over here? It's from the fucking Berlin Wall. All right, listeners. Wait, how, how did you attain this? Yeah, how did hold you acquire on. This? Story. So, some old white guy, when I first started working at the shop, the family biz I run, um, wanted me to make this, like, plaque that has a map of Germany and, like, these key areas from the war, and and then had, like, a piece of the Berlin Wall Mm -hmm. attached to it, too. And... So, like, I kind of developed a nice little rapport with this guy. I'm sure he voted for Trump, and I probably would hate to know any more information about him and how he procured this. But he, um, like, we had a fun little working relationship, and so once we were done with the project, he brought me a piece. Of the Berlin Wall. Of the fucking Berlin Wall. Ah, guys. Wow. This is what happens when you come help around the family biz you can get pieces of the berlin wall yeah. that's the moral of the story i get paid in weed in the berlin wall <laughs> tipped, tipped rather not paid <laughs> deb does not pay me in weed <laughs> editing Megan here. We're going to go ahead and cut there um, for the episode today, but please join us back in two weeks' time for our continued conversation about Hedwig and the Angry Inch. Hope you guys enjoyed. Bye! Thanks for listening, y'all. You can follow us on Instagram at waityouhaven'tseenthat and also check out our website for some sweet, sweet merch. And if you want to see the circus in action, become a Patreon member for exclusive reaction videos and extra Princess Tegan content. If y'all were here for the shitstorm that was our pod, please give us a five-star review on iTunes. Tegan Wu sure would appreciate it.